Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What is up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm just I'm Pete. And in The Stack, we talk about a bunch of comic books that have come out today, and we review them. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to throw that in there right at the end. We've done enough of silently honoring them. (laughs) Now it's time to throw some opinions into the mix. Well, let's do it, starting with one of the biggest issues ever. Of all time. In the history of comics. Detective Comics number 1,000. Now, as you all know, we reviewed the previous 999 issues of Detective Comics. Now we're moving on to 1,000. This is mostly a jam issue. It's some of the greatest current writers and current artists on Batman all working together to tell a bunch of short stories about the detective. How would you guys feel about this issue? Pete, I I know... These sorts of short story collections are not your favorite thing. Yeah, they bother me. But yeah. uh, I really... Because you're like, they don't matter. Yes. And also, like, because you usually, it's, you get one or two good ones, and then some ones where you're like, why would you, you know what I mean? So it's not worth it sometimes. Yeah, but that's a mixed bag. That's what it's all about. Yeah, but, you know, maybe say, hey, you know what? Your story blows. I'm not going to publish it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, the term mixed bag, we've talked about this on the podcast before. You go into the pick and mix machine. That's a good thing. Yeah. You get a little M&M's. You get some Sour Patch Kits. Uh, they get all over each other. Oh, Alex is making another candy analogy, and I don't quite get it. <laughs> I'm a health nut. Yeah. You're <laughs> oh, health it's nut? like uh, Gorp, then. Yeah, okay, Gorp. Now yeah, we're talking. That's yeah. a mixed bag. Good old raisins and peanuts. You know, that's what that means. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, but I I'm, like I'm a country boy. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. Uh, uh, I like this. I thought this was great. I also really thought it was cool, the kind of like longest case that Batman ever worked on. I thought that was a fun reveal. That felt like that was the first story, Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, like classic Scott Snyder, like it's been seated forever and we get a nice reveal here. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny, though, that uh, Batman was the last person to join the right? secret society. Yeah, right. that, yeah. To me, I was like, wait a second. He's <laughs> the world's like, greatest detective. Yeah, how did he not figure this out? Slam Bradley. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Slam Bradley. 
Hawk Girl figured it out first. Yeah, well, but I guess they had different mysteries. Yeah, they sure. also had like different initiations. Yeah, they right. probably made Batman's really yeah, hard. Detective on purpose. Chimp was like, "Can you not eat this banana?" And yeah. he was like, "I cannot." And they were like, "You're in the club." Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think of the Kevin Smith story in which Batman tracked down the gun that shot his parents? And melted it into a new insignia. That was awesome. I knew you were going to like it. Was it though? What are you talking about? That was the I coolest. I felt the the speech, the way it was written, was very didactic. Dude, I don't know look if that's at the, the right pictures, word, bro. but it, yeah, oh, it's better when you look pictures. at the pictures. The, the art is very nice throughout this book. It's yes. all good, solid Batman yeah. art. There's Jim um, Lee on I, I got to be honest. Jim there's Lee. nothing. Everything was solid across the board, but nothing really blew me away in this issue. I thought there was a bunch of like touching stuff, which I appreciate. I really like the Paul Dini story. It yes. felt very much like Batman the Animated Series, so yeah. much so that I could hear the voices. Uh, and so that was nice. Yeah. Uh, that was I thought good. there was a lot of cool, feel-good stuff in here. It's a good issue. If you're a Batman fan, definitely pick it up. But at the same Art time, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. To me... What is currently going on in Batman in all of the titles is very exciting. I love reading it. I don't know what's going to happen next. This felt like a step backwards. Oh, really? I, I Maybe I just love anthology uh, so much, or like short story collections, because I just love different people's takes. Uh, I thought the uh, Denny O'Neill story with Leslie Tompkins was like so harsh. Yeah. Uh, she was like sort of shitting on Batman, which mm-hmm. I was like, wow. But I appreciated like a different take on that character. I love the Tom King story. Oh, yeah. Uh, so cool. The I know. No, that was, that was Bendis. Um, oh, my bad. And that one was good. But the Tom King story with the family and he, it's uh, the reveal is that they're taking a family picture. Yeah. I love that. I yeah. feel like he, is, he captures the individual voice of the character so well. Super fun. Uh, what did you yeah. think about the final reveal? The last big introduction of the story was the introduction of the Arkham Knight, a video game character, into continuity in Batman comics. You guys psyched for that? Um, yeah, let me be honest. Uh, as not a huge gamer, I had no idea that was a video game <laughs> character, and I liked it. Uh, I mean... Peter J. Tomasi, I just love his... Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the current writer on Detective Comics, so to have him... I was like, oh, I didn't see a story from him, and I was bummed, and then the last one I thought was cool. The art was great. Doug Monkey on art was very yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I also could, as a non-gamer, could have probably cared less about the Arkham Knight reveal. It didn't feel like the big move of the issue. But to your point, Tomasi writes Batman so well, it feels dangerous, even if you don't know the character. And I, I'm more excited to go to Detective Comics 1001 than I was personally to read this issue. Yeah, I mean, we've got so much stuff to deal with right now in Batman. It's driving me nuts that we still haven't gotten to it. Well, there's, I mean, that's a I mean, different He's book. got a whole, like... You know, engagement slash marriage thing to get to the bottom. That's the other title, though. So this is not even. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying there's a lot going on with Batman. And I want to get to the bottom. You're saying he's got a busy life. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine the Wayne Enterprises. He's probably got a lot of meetings. Oh, man. So many meetings. He's got a he's got to buy soup. With Alfred. Yeah, exactly. That's a story that we haven't been told. Is uh, Alfred. I almost said Alex, which is a great, maybe that's a character to introduce. Sure, yeah. Alex, the I other I would love butler. to be in a Batman book. Al- Alfred and Bruce buying soup. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so we're sitting in a tiny office right now. Uh, Justin walked across the room and sat down at a barrel, but on the open end, 
well, there's a stuff bucket? in it. I didn't want to upset the barrel. <laughs> sure. I say it's also a bucket. It's a this bucket, is, but this it's is an not, open bucket. You're sitting it's on an old-timey barrel. I thought you were going to go over a waterfall in it. No, guys, <laughs> this isn't a Wild West set we're recording in. This is an office with a bucket in it, and I'm sitting on the Where's bucket. Where's the rodeo there, Barrel Justin? I'm a country boy. Giddy <laughs> up. Gorp all day. Yeah. Oh, is that full of gorp? Okay, let's move on to our next book, Archie Comics, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, number one. This is a reboot of the classic witchy character. Like the Archie title, this is, I feel, hitting halfway between the Sabrina title and between Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. Mm. I, I think it airs a little closer on the side of the Netflix show than, say, the Archie title does, splitting the difference between Archie Comics and Riverdale. Um, but this is by Kelly Thompson, who is on a roll right now. Uh, I really enjoyed this. I thought this was a lot of fun. I was really impressed with this. Really? Wow. wow. I'm liking this more than the Netflix show. What? what? That's Why? crazy. Why is that? First That's off, you hate and... Archie, and this is very much in line with the Archie books. Yeah, but it's done... I think it really does a good job of capturing Sabrina's voice in a way that is not too cartoony or not too, like, you know, sometimes some iterations of Sabrina, I don't feel like she's a real person. So I really thought this was great, and I love the interactions with the cat and the talking cat. I forgot how much I missed that. That was Salem. Salem. Yeah. Uh, that, this, that Pete's take on this is the surprise of the week. Which is I an ongoing so. feature we do every week, right? <laughs> yes, surprise of the week. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think, Justin? Uh, I, I liked it. Um, I mean, I prefer the darker take. Uh, the um, Classic old, the other JT says. Yeah, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah. You like uh, a dark. Uh, what, what I think, I mean, they're not going to do that, though, right? That's of Roberto, course. Well, yes. that's Roberto Garcia-Casa. That's Robert Hack working on that book. They still haven't finished that book. Yeah. And I don't think... They're going to have somebody else jump in and pick Definitely up on not. it. Yeah, that would suck. If uh, they did. But what, what I'm saying is, um, I, I prefer the darker side. But this was fun. I really like the way that the spells are shown. Yeah, um, it's very cool. Um, I like that we have uh, Harvey, boring old Harvey, and <laughs> a different bad boy than the TV show. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, I expected not, that he was going to say he was Nick, Nick Scratch. Scratch. Too. Yeah. I wish. Not Nick Scratch. I wish. Oh, yeah, man. that's why you didn't like. This but as I much. still had the bad no boy. Nick bad boy alert went off. <laughs> yeah. So don't worry. I'm still. Just to give you guys uh, a quick uh, overview of this, if you have never read any Sabrina books, if you haven't seen the Netflix series, this is a total reboot. This is a fresh start. Sabrina moves to Greendale, goes to school, meets some new characters, so you can jump right in. Uh, Kelly Thompson is great at this stuff. Did the same sort of thing on Nancy Drew, or over at Marvel has been doing the same thing with a lot of different characters there. Um, This is a lot of fun. Yeah, it really is. All right, moving on to a Marvel book, Doctor Strange, number 12. This kicks off a new storyline where Doctor Strange is going head-to-head with Galactus. Not head somebody to head or cheek to cheek because I think they're going to be friends. Oh, that cheek to cheek. cheek is to that cheek. what you do with your friends? Yeah, I do. Oh, that's dancing usually. Uh, that's dancing, but also um, that's an old uh, Shakespearean thing. Right. right. So this is Mark Wade and Barry Kitson working on the book. I don't, don't know what you're doing right now, Pete. Uh, what What did you guys think cheek about to this? Cheek. I, uh, lady in red. Yep. Yes, lady in red. I yep. got you. Uh, here, I'll pick up what Pete's uh, reminiscing <laughs> about his prom, I'm assuming. Pete um, yeah. oh, went to the prom in the, what was it, 1930s? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. exactly right. Okay. A lady in red. Two was, feet apart. Uh, you had to be two feet apart at all times. Exactly. And mm-hmm. thanks for maintaining that, because um, as we all know, Pete is always adhering to standards, <laughs> principal standards when it comes to uh, fraternizing with his dates. Uh, 
So, um, the Doctor Strange, uh, Galactus gets pushed into the mystical realm, and Doctor Strange has to go deal with it. Uh, I think it's fun. It feels like a... You wouldn't expect these two guys to be hanging out. It's a classic uh, um, Riggs and Murtaugh situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is Galactus getting too old for the shit? Definitely. Is yeah? Galactus is too old for the shit. He was just trying to eat, and some magician was like, you're going to a mystical universe. Uh, I'll and he's tell like, you what, come uh, on. Mark Wade introduces this character of the story who's some alien whose planet is going to be eaten by Galactus. This is how it sets the whole thing off. And I love this alien just shows up to Earth and like starts screaming at Doctor Strange being like, tell me, tell me how to get rid of Galactus. Yeah. You need to kill us. And that's the entire issue. The entire issue is Doctor Strange being like, I don't know how to get, what are you talking about? This yeah. is not me, which yeah. is a fun story. Like it yeah. plays out in a really enjoyable way. I really like the way this ended setting up the next issue. I think like for me, it started a little weird, but I like where it got up, uh, uh, kind of got going and then where it ended. And then I'm excited for the next uh, the next comic very much. And also they kind of gave you a little teaser image. Yeah. Uh, and that yes, that's called very- a cover. And that's usually the front of a comic book. Oh, oh you're a piece of shit. Cool. <laughs> it's a new thing they're trying out. That's smart. Yes. Usually there's just a bunch of loose pages in a bag when you get a comic book. Exactly. And I'm trying like, stuff. That's why yeah, I like to put my own comic <laughs> together. You know what I mean? You just uh, take the staples out and throw it in the yeah. air. Yeah, it's a real wow. mixed bag. No, yeah. <laughs> nice. Good. No wonder you have no idea what's going on in most comics. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to a Valiant comic book, Fallen World, number one. Uh, I don't know how much you guys have read either the Bloodshot books or the Rye books or anything like that. Uh, this is very deep continuity, yes. right? Yeah, I feel I feel that. Yeah. I mean, I'll say as somebody who has read all those books, I love this. I thought this was great, but I think this might be a deep dive for newer readers. I've read uh, some of the bloodshot. Like I'm uh, I think I get most of what's happening, but um yeah, it definitely feels like you're uh reading almost like a, a history book. And if you don't know the the details, it's hard to uh follow excuse me, follow along, but um it's still fun. I like it's very uh world it almost fe- reads like uh a Fellowship of the Ring uh, kind yeah. of series. Uh, to give very... you guys uh, the rundown, the brief rundown of what's happened leading up to this book, uh, there's a character called Rai who takes place in the year 4,000-something in the Valiant universe. He was the protector of a place called New Japan. New Japan was told they were the only survivors of Earth, and they mm. were on this enormous, massive space station with billions of people. Uh, Rai found out that Father, the AI that controlled New Japan, was lying to everybody and through a series of circumstances including discovering Earth's geomancer who is essentially the spirit of the earth, the person who communicates with the earth uh, and bring the eternal warrior back ended up crashing new Japan to earth. And that's where we pick up with this. The other thread that this is picking up on is that bloodshot was briefly in his own title, taken into the future and stuck there in rye times. So we're getting the crossover. That's what I say when I get a sandwich down at Katz's. I'm like, it's rye time. Cool. That's cool. I say that when I'm ordering some brown liquor at the bar, it's rye time. Pete, what do you Say, uh, I don't ever say that. You don't ever say that. I don't you ever know, say when you're like right. a little sardonic, maybe you say it's ride time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, so uh, this book is picking up on all those threads, which definitely feels like a deep dive. I do think they give you the basic information you need to know there. And to your point, it feels epic. This yeah. book, it's I, very big. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm reading a bunch of the Valiant titles. I'm enjoying a lot of it. Uh, 
I don't know everything about what's going on, but I, I followed it well enough that I'm, I'm very much enjoying uh, what's happening, and especially this issue. And I thought it ended in a great place as well. Uh, also, some badass kind of like uh, reveals, like the kind of like creepy, uh, like kind of like samurai sword looking dude was was pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, Rye. I think that's right. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's basically uh, the guy I've, in red. I, yes, I, I've read all the books, and I still am not 100 percent sure if Bloodshot and Rye are the same guy. Okay. Like they kind of have reverse S- colors on each looks, other. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that guy there. Uh, oh, the guy at the end. Yes, yeah. that's Bloodshot. Yeah. Bloodshot. Spoiler at the end of the book has been corrupted by Father. So you're essentially getting Bloodshot, this good guy who is friends with the Eternal Warrior, as the so bad it's Bloodshot guy. Bloodshot fighting Bloodshot at the end here. No, but no, Rye is not Rye. Bloodshot. Yeah. No, that's not Bloodshot. That's uh, Rye. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm definitely following everything. <laughs> yeah, good. Again, good. Uh, anyway, this book is good. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, moving on to an image comic book, Skyward, number 11. We've been checking in with this one yeah. every now and again. Yeah. And uh, I've been generally enjoying this book. It's about a world where there is no gravity. Uh, one girl may hold the secret, the key to getting gravity back. And she goes on an epic cross-country journey to get it back. Something that she discovered halfway through the book is between cities... Uh, the book posits that when there is no gravity, insects grow to enormous size because essentially the only thing actually keeping them small is gravity. Uh, is and that true? Uh, according well, I like to the back take. matter of the book, that they said they researched this and found this out. I haven't double-checked it. Yeah. Uh, but that's the take, and Seems this is picking legit. up. They think they're going to bring gravity back, but they're also racing against time because an army of insects are about to eat Chicago. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about this issue? Uh, I loved it. I, I really think this is a creative uh, comic, and they do a lot of like really fun things in this book. Um, yeah, I, I they and also really great last page reveal that I really appreciated. Um, yeah, I think this is very cool, cool art, and uh, I'm on board. I like this a lot too. I feel like this book takes some fun, creative swi- swings. Yeah, I, I think it's getting better as it goes yeah. along. Honestly, I feel like uh, one of the things we talked about in the first issue or two was the prose felt a little stilted. Yeah, this feels much more comfortable now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so it's good. It yeah, rem- I really enjoy it. It reminds me of uh, what's the series? I really liked it uh, about the uh, uh, female sheriff on uh, another planet. Oh, Copperhead? Copperhead. It yeah, reminds yeah. me a lot of Copperhead. Oh, I in can that, see that. Uh, it's got a strong premise, and then as you build out the world, it sort of opens up a lot more. Yeah, the thing that I thought was really interesting reading the back matter of this is the big reveal at the end is not something they actually planned, which I feel like no. not a lot of writers cop to ever. Yeah, no, and I love that. Yeah, just kind of throwing that in there. It's yeah. good. And they uh, also in Copperwood, if there was no gravity, snakes would be huge. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. a great point. <laughs> if there's no gravity, everything gets big. Think about the snakes. That's why everything is so big in Texas. No gravity. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I haven't sense. been in a while, but I love it down there. Over to DC Comics. This is a new Wonder Comics book. Dial H for Hero, number one. It is back from uh, DC Comics. I don't yeah. know where I was going to say. Yeah, what were you going to say? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not sure what I was going to say. It is back from hell? <laughs> it was in hell, briefly. <laughs> the concept of Dial H for Hero, which you can probably figure out, leave. is there is a uh, mystical phone that if you dial it, you it's get good. a superpower, and that's the only time you get that superpower. There's been different variations on it over the years. Um, But this one, a new kid gets the H-Dial. A bunch of heroes feel it happening. How'd you feel about this first issue? I mean, I just want to briefly dip into Rye Time and say that in the past, I haven't loved this uh, premise. 
Dial yeah. H for Hero has always what is been. That? Well, it just always feels like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the phone is like a different looking thing. Uh, so this, though, I liked a lot. I feel like going back to the old rotary phone feels more interesting now because we don't have those really anymore. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it's from a more youthful point of view, uh, I think the most recent iteration of this was like a dark take on it. And I was like, hold on. <laughs> uh, so this feels like fun and uh, a little bit brighter and I'm into it. What about you, Pete? I've never been a fan of this. Uh, you hate phones or heroes uh, or the letter H. Whoa. Uh, I, you know, I'm a big fan of the old rotary phone. Um, you still have one, right? Yep. As yeah, your cell phone's yeah. rotary. <laughs> yeah. You got to really want to call somebody. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Cool. Keep trying it, guys. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> wow. I Talk about right time. I, yeah, I tried reading it a couple times to be more positive. Keep trying. Keep trying, guy. guys. Uh, well, <laughs> good be- luck. Good luck to you all. Uh, yeah, I was all right with this. I think there is something. I feel very split on the whole rotary photo of it. I wanted there to be some sort of call out for this kid being like, what the fuck is that thing? That's I've never funny, seen yeah. that thing in my life. Uh, I, hate that that joke. Still, even I my- hate that joke. Even my daughter, who was only really intense, who's not even three, knows what an old phone is. Right. So, like, I think people, it's not like people don't know what it is. Um, But this reminds me, this uh, take on it reminds me of being a kid and just, like, creating heroes and drawing them and stuff. And to actually just take the step and become them, I think, is is cool and fun. Yeah, I'm more excited for the second issue of this because I feel like it's just getting started. They're just setting up the premise. Um, They spent a lot of time at a very ridiculous Rob Liefeld-esque parody of a hero, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. uh, But it takes up a good chunk of the issue when I would want to be delving into the characters and the situations more. Right. and it's enjoyable. It's yeah. good. And it's actually all ages, which weirdly a lot of these wonder comics have not been. Right. Uh, so I think it's good to hand to a kid if you want to. Yeah. Cool. Hand mm-hmm. on a piece of crap. What? Whoa. What? What did you say? <laughs> Nothing. What the fuck did you say? I don't know. I'm drinking rye over here. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to a Marvel comic book, Star Wars Vader Dark Visions number two. This is a new Star Wars series from Dennis Hopeless, who's not named Dennis Hopeless anymore. Hopeless it's, is in quotes. Yeah. Dennis Hopeless Halem, I believe. Halem. Yes, Halem. his actual name. Yeah. So he's retaking his name and retaking Darth Vader. This is a series of short stories that show the galaxy, how they are affected by the terror of Darth Vader. Um, I like the first issue of this just fine. I thought the second issue was good story about how scary Darth Vader is as well. There's some insane action in here. Yeah. What'd you guys think of the book? A lot of choking out, man. A lot wow. of choking out. A little bit, then a lot of being scared of it. Yeah. Uh, and then a great use of the uh, that monster that uh, Han Solo flew into there. Yeah, the oh, asteroid cool. worm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like this a lot. It was a great sustained action sequence, which I feel like we don't get a ton of in comics in general. Word. A lot of it's like action sequence, conversation, conversation, action sequence. This felt like one long movement of this great space chase and battle. And uh, the uh, art in here is pretty wild. The uh, the main uh, Imperial dude is mm-hmm. bugged out the entire time. And it's drawn in a way where his eyes are like yeah. flying out of his face. Oh, it yeah. Was it, very it, expressive. it was not quite as far as this, but it reminded me a little bit of Kelly Jones's art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without being quite so exaggerated. But it's fun. It's a, it's a good book. And yeah. very different from Charles Soule's Vader book. Very different from Kieran Gillen's Vader book. Um, but I like it. 
Um, moving on to another book that's been one of our favorites here on the show from Image Comics, Ice Cream Man, oh, number oh, 11. Man. Now, this arc of Ice Cream Man continues to reveal what the Ice Cream Man is all about now that we yeah. know that he is this dark elf type being who's causing chaos on the universe. This issue takes on reality TV and puts a character through a bunch of reality TV programs. What'd you think about it? Now, this comic just really does an amazing job of being creative in a creepy way that you really don't know what you're going to get, but every time it comes out, I can't wait to get it. Yeah. This comic is the top of my poll list, and I don't know what I'm going to get, and that's kind of part of the fun. The whole mannequin bit doing the, like, talking to the camera was hysterical. It's funny. She's talking about how she's not superficial. But, oh, it was just... It's creative. It's really fucked up. Yeah, I don't know how this is going to end. I don't know how this is going to unfold. Like life. Yeah, you seem very concerned, Pete. Well, I'm, you know, I just wanted to end Wells because I've been enjoying it so well, uh, so much that if the ending's not good, it can kind of ruin it for you. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. that it sticks to the landing. But so far, it's been an amazing ride. Yeah, and you've been visited by the ice cream man in your real life, right? Yeah, yeah. In the real life, it's not this scary. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I like this issue. This is, isn't one of my favorite ones of the run. Uh, I feel like it's fun and funny, but I, what I love about this book are the surprising, dark, twisted like uh, moments. Dude, that it had dark, twisted moments. Ah, but it, I, it, that it were like, a surprise. But I guess it was like I, I knew the take of like I don't like reality. Like reality TV is harmful, and just uh, exploring that, I was like, I know this take. Like I, I yeah. like the other stories have uh, gone into just stuff where I'm like, oh, I don't think this way. I haven't seen this before, and this felt like. And while it was funny, and it's still, uh, this is a great book, so I still liked it. The I like the other issues better. Uh, I agree with you on that. I think that, and also just mentioning all the stuff about phones and everything, it. It timed it where the rest of it has felt very timeless. Yeah. Uh, even when they've had it in a modern setting, there was one uh, issue that was completely set in an office building, oh, mostly God, around a guy horrible. falling oh, down God. an office yeah. building the entire time. Fucking terrifying, the entire issue. Yeah. Absolutely great. Definitely set now. But this one, to your point, it felt like Doctor Who episodes they've seen before. It felt yeah. like uh, other supernatural shows I've seen before, while still having absolutely stunning gross art throughout the character work is good it still feels dangerous it still feels scary throughout the book oh. but uh, i agree with you at your point justin that this is one of the lesser issues just yeah. in terms of thematics but also what's impressive about this book is that it's each issue is so different but yet it feels all within this ice cream man kind of world. So it does a good job of doing that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you get information, uh, just a scant, tiny little bits of information yeah. about what's going on throughout the issue uh, in terms of the greater story. So definitely pick it up, even if it is a slightly lesser issue of a fantastic series. Mm. Last one we're going to talk about from DC Comics, Heroes in Crisis, number seven. Oh. And this is the one where oh. you continue to wonder exactly what's going on in Heroes in Crisis. Actually, to be fair, it opens it up considerably in terms of the mystery. Once again, we're slowly 
ever so slowly peering, peeling back the onion of the main mystery, yeah. which is a bunch of deaths of heroes in the DC universe around a facility called Sanctuary that's supposed to be a safe haven where you work out your issues. Turns out things went very wrong. Very uh, wrong. Harley Quinn and Booster Gold both thought each other have killed the people outside. Turns out it might be somebody else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you think about this issue? I like that reveal very much because I would be super pissed if it was one of those two. So I'm glad that wasn't it. Uh, I'm very interested to see where this goes. The Flash stuff was heartbreaking. Yeah, I feel like the what's great about this comic is the way they're just slowly pushing uh, Wally West into just showing how damaged he is and how, like... Uh, just in a bad place. And this issue really just heartbreaking the flower, see, uh, different scenes oh, of the flower, um, the uh, talking head bits with him. Like, it's great. Yeah, I really like, like this. I know this book is sort of controversial. You know, like just the tone of it is just, uh, I just, I just really like it. It's yeah, as a Wally West fan, this is really hard to read. Like, yeah. you're a huge hard. Wally West fan. I lo- Wally West is my favorite Flash. Wally West is one of my favorite comic book characters ever. Watching him being broken down like this is excruciating. Like, yeah. I don't. The implication of what they're saying at the end of the issue may or may not have happened. I don't want to spoil it for anybody is gut wrenching. I don't want things to go in that direction. But to your point, the talking heads in particular, the way clay man draws them, you go from Wally West saying, okay, I'm going to go on this thing. I think this is going to be good for me. First week. Here we go. And then there's another whole page where he's like second week, still doing great, but you could see him starting to fall a little bit. And then it's third week doing awesome. And it's, Awful to yeah, watch. Yep. It's absolutely awful to yeah. watch as he's broken down, as his happiness, like 5% each time disappears. That's yeah. good art. That's good writing throughout. So, so I agree good. with you. Even if it's controversial, it's very well done. A lot yeah. of it, though, is going to be based on how it all turns out at the end. Yeah, I guess we will see. And you guys will see if you support us at patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on down. We'll chat with you about comics. Pete, what else do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. And we'll see you at the comic book shop. Oh, this bucket. Oh, this bucket.